Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Happy Friday, everybody. Seth and Sean, Sports Radio, Blog Talk Radio, BackSportsPage.com here on a special Friday edition of Seth and Sean Sports. We apologize for the last two weeks. Last week was technical difficulties. This week was, well, it was the Day of of Atonement. We actually had to apologize for all of our sins, including the technical difficulties that happened last week. So, hi, Seth. Welcome. Oh, Shana Tova. Shana Tova. So, uh, yeah. My my Hebrew Hebrew knowledge. <laughs> uh, we had our uh, Jewish New Year, a Day of Atonement, and now we are back. And I'll tell you one thing: the the Washington Nat, the St. Louis Cardinals did not do any atoning on Yom Kippur. In fact, blowing out the Atlanta Braves. 13 to 2 or something, and I'm down in Atlanta, and everybody's watching this at breakfast. And they're like, well, it's in the seventh inning, right? No, it's in the second, 13 to 1. But all the hopes of Atlanta Braves fans were dashed. All the hopes of Los Angeles Dodger fans were dashed. But that was for a totally different reason. Seth, I'm not sure you caught any of the game. It was during the holiday season and your busy season, or at least your secondary busy season. But Dave Roberts really managed himself out of that series. Is it, uh, I did actually see um, – now, to be fair, I slept through the uh, the Atlanta – the Atlanta-Washington – or the Atlanta-St. Louis, excuse me um, – I slept through that because, well, let's be honest, it's Yom Kippur. I have two kids under three. I don't really have time for naps very often. So what I do, I take advantage of it. So I slept through and I woke up in the second inning and it was 9 nothing. And I saw no reason really to turn it on. <clears throat> Excuse me, at that point. Um, I, did, I did see a lot of the... Uh, Washington uh, Dodger game. Uh, it's the advantage of YouTube television. My wife is watching something on one TV. I'm just watching. I'm watching the game on the computer. Uh, well, it kind of feels almost like the Capitals team that should have probably a year or two ago have gone further, a little bit maybe a little bit past their prime. Lose lose Bryce, and what do they do? Just like Washington overcomes Crosby, they overcame. Well, I don't want to say they overcame Kershaw because Kershaw was—it's not the right words because he's just not—he just hasn't proven to be a great postseason pitcher. But they overcame, you know, their obstacle of never, never winning a playoff series in really dramatic fashion by Howie Kendrick. Fun, fun game to watch. Fun, fun ending to a game. Now, were you awake for the game? Uh, for the of entire, course. you see, 
you're the evening guy. I was on my way to a, uh, the next morning, so I did not get to stay up for the game. I woke up, saw that something happened, and I was like, just like you, with U2TV, I'm going to go back, and I watched the entire game yesterday morning <laughs> on my way to the airport. I flipped through most of it. And Dave Roberts just seemed to – he may be the Buck Showalter, the guy that just gets you to the point where you can win a championship, but then they have to go get somebody else to win that championship because his his moves during this series were just befuddling, especially bringing Kershaw in. The fact I, I know I'm I'm armchair quarterbacking his here, but even at the time when I'm watching it, I'm saying the Dodgers have one of the best uh, bullpens in the majors. They didn't need to go to Clayton Kershaw, and that's exactly what they did. And then they pitched Joe Kelly, and Joe Kelly had a great first inning. And Joe Kelly has, I believe the stat was that Joe Kelly has pitched two innings in a major league game 12 times this year and has given up nine runs in the second inning. Well, that's not good. There's nothing good about that. So I just didn't understand. It's ungood. It's it's our favorite (sighs) word. It's ungood. Uh, like you're sneezing, ungood. But I agree. the fact is, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if Dave Roberts is going to keep that job. And if he doesn't keep that job, I believe that makes seven openings in Major League Baseball in the first week. You got the Mets, the Mets and the Phillies in the last week have decided not to have their managerial positions retained. Uh, the Buck, the Pirates, the Pirates, the Angels. Who else am I missing here? There are two more. Uh, the Royals and the Cubs. Six teams. And the San Francisco Giants. And the San Francisco or, Giants. It, and the Padres. Sorry. The Padres. And the Padres. Eight teams. Eight teams, perhaps nine. There are 30, I believe there are 30 baseball teams. So that means that one third, almost one third of all Major League Baseball teams will be refilling their managerial positions this year. And that seems like a lot to me, one third. But I haven't done this. I haven't looked at the stats and seen in the past couple of years. But there's always seems to be one or two teams that that fire when or let go of their managers when you just don't expect it. So far, so far this year, it's all been expected. Except, well, maybe the not the Kaplan? Phillies yesterday with Kaplan? Gabe Kaplan. I said maybe no, Gabe, not the Phillies. Gabe, Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan is from one that welcome back Cotter. Gabe Pat Kapler no, is, Gabe, is, the, is the manager. I know. I said Kapler. I think he said Kaplan. No, Gabe Kapler got fired on uh, on Yum Kipper. Yeah. That's tough not day good. For, tough name for the Jews. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, Max Freed was the second pitcher in the in the in the Braves game. He gave up like five runs. And all my friends at the breakfast are saying that's why Jews shouldn't pitch on Yom Kippur. Sandy Koufax sets the barometer right. Don't pitch. But here we are. So we have four teams left. Your New York Yankees, and I call them yours, because you are a fan. Your New York Yankees who, uh, who are going to see the trifecta of Granky Verlander and Garrett Cole. And Garrett Cole has been phenomenal in these baseball playoffs. And then you have the Washington Nationals and the St. Louis Cardinals, which seems to be the lesser of the two series. And both of those teams are probably exhausted. 
from playing so uh, so long and so many innings over the last couple of weeks. And an interesting two series, especially in the American League, where this is what everybody wanted to see. Everybody wanted to see the Yankees with the tremendous Except hitting that you. they do have. No. Well, I definitely, yeah, I guess except for me, but not because I didn't want to see these two teams play. I just didn't want to see the Yankees play. So if I was going to see, if I, if I was going to see two teams play and include the Yankees, yes, I wanted Houston because I think Houston's just better. I think Houston's pitching is phenomenal. They made, there was a article on ESPN that said based on wins uh, above replacement, the Houston Astros are the best team in the history of baseball. Just based on that one stat, that doesn't mean that they are. It's it's a subjective stat, but that based on that, they are the best team in the history of baseball. One to nine, they may very well be, and certainly with their starting three of Granky, Cole, and Verlander, I don't remember a top three this good in recent time in, in Major League Baseball. And then you have in the National League, you have the three of Strasburg, Corbin. And Scherzer, although none of those three are starting game one, against the Cardinals, who seem to always win in the Cardinal way. And uh, lesser of the two series, but where, where, do you, where are you putting your chips? Well, I'm putting on a Washington. Um, starting Annabelle Sanchez, I'm not sure wouldn't, while he's a four starter in Washington, I'm not sure he wouldn't be the second starter in St. Louis. Rendon has been sensational. Soto has been sensational. St. Louis, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure how St. Louis got here. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, they've kind of gutted their way through. You know, the big names other than Goldschmidt really aren't there anymore. And it's been a nice run um, for them. But at the end of the day, the two best pitchers in this league, in this series, who will who may not be starting game one or game – it's not going to start game one. As long as Scherzer's arm is okay, and they may give him a little bit more of extra rest because of how much he pitched in the, in the other series, him and Strasburg are the two best pitchers. I'm not sure if Corbin is not the third best in this, in this, in this series. I like Washington. Okay, so let's move it to your American. <laughs> I'd love to say the Yankees, but I don't see it. Um, this Houston team is, if not an all-time great, right on the precipice of it. Um, the only way I can see them hitting Granky. Granky's never struck me as a big-time. Pl- I mean, not that he's had that much of that many opportunities. But he he's always had a, he's always had a kind of an interesting way about him. Um, is that a fair way to put it? And I'm not sure how he will handle playoff stress. I have no such concerns with uh, Verlander or Cole. And unless they can, they need to pretty much get Verlander and Cole out by the sixth inning and work off the bullpen. Although the the bullpen's been pretty good with Ozuna in, in this year or. The, I just think Houston's a better team. You know, simply put, Houston in six. 
Houston six. All right. So I'm going to take, look, I've, I've been preaching Washington for, I don't know, four years winning this, well, the world series. And I, and I, and I said it again in the baseball preview this week, this year, and I said Juan Soto would actually be the, the MVP. He may not be the MVP, but it looks like he may be the MVP of the playoffs. If they continue down this road, um, I will take the Nationals in six games, and I will take the Astros in five. I don't think the Yankees – not only do the Yankees have to get to them within the first six innings, the Yankees have to win game one. Like, they have to win game one. They have to get out early. They have to go into – they, ha- they obviously have to win one on the road, but they have to win the first one on the road, in my opinion. And I believe it's Garrett Cole. So that's the no, luck to you. Because Garrett... No, 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 no. It's not Garrett Cole. Oh, Garrett no. Cole Garrett Cole just time. pitched. Sorry. Sorry. Garrett Cole just pitched. Is it Granky? Oh, it's Granky. Hold on a second. Granky. It's Granky. Yeah. So you got you to gotta be. Three right. You got. Is the most yeah, reasonable. Right. Of the three, that's, that's the one that you'd be looking to beat. Yep. Yeah. He's also the one, however, to be fair, he's also the one, however, that would be much better in Houston than he would be at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Yankee Stadium, you want power pitching. And <laughs> Verlander and Granke are, are – uh, Verlander and Cole. Cole, I read this stat this morning from Jason Stark. There's only been two pitchers in the history of the major leagues that – in a league championship series have had 25 or more strikeouts and given up one run or less. Mike Mussina, who is number one, which was kind of surprising, kind of surprising to me. And then Garrett Cole. So he's in great company, obviously a hall of fame company. And uh, Cole's going to make a lot of money this summer, uh, this winter, a lot of money. And Artie Moreno is just waiting to open that checkbook. I mean, I think, no, Art- I think, I think he's definitely going to, to the Angels. Uh, that's what they need. Uh, they finally get Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson contracts off their books, and I think Artie wow. cannot that, that, cannot some, just. Those are, some, those are some blasts from the past. Yeah. Josh Hamilton. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. Five years and $125 million. Five years. Good Lord. Did he play one year with them? He played one year. So I'm going to – hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. Josh Hamilton, baseball reference, our favorite. Um, the last year he played in the majors – so he played one year with the Angels. His contract actually came off last year to, at the end of uh, 18. But that was $25 million, and I'm sure some of this was deferred. But he played one full year with the Angels. Uh, he played 151 games, had 21 homers, 79 RBIs. Then he played 89 games with the Angels and then played 50 games with the with the Rangers, all for a five-year one hundred and twenty five million dollar contract. Damn. Damn, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, let's look at it this way. Jerry DePoto and Billy Abbey have never been afraid to spend Artie Moreno's money. Spend it oh, well. No. No, so, so um, Josh Hamilton, who didn't come up to the majors till very late in the game due to drug problems, uh, in his 10-year career earned $140.6 million. Oh. And I have to tell you, when you look at NFL contracts and, you, and they say, hey, look at us, why can't we get guaranteed deals when we go through this? And baseball players do what they do, and basketball players do what they do, and they get $140 million for 10 years guaranteed. You kind of have to look at it and say, you know what? They may be right. Jeez. Or just baseball is insane. One of the two. And we're going to see another contract. I mean, Garrett Cole is going to get a 7- or 10-year contract for 25 to $30 million as a pitcher. I don't think there's any denying that he's going to get between 210 and $300 million this, this summer, this winter. Man, can I get this I summer agree. and winter right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, last night, I did not watch any of the game. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Syracuse game, which I did watch. I did not watch any of the Giants game. I assume you did. Your yeah. thoughts... Your your thoughts on two twofold. First of all, how did the Giants look? And second of all, New England is on a roll to the point that if if they keep this up, they will have a they're on a roll to get a total of three hundred and seventy nine point differential between them and the team that they are playing, which would be an all time record breaking the one that was put in place by them five years ago when they had 319. So they will obliterate that record by 60 points. Is it that New England's just that good, or they're just playing crap? And I could see it either way. Crap. They're playing crap. Look, the, Giant, the Giants, I was actually relatively happy, which sounds strange for a team that lost by 21. The Giants' defense played probably their best game of the season. Two of the touchdowns were there's one was special teams where he punted it off the guy's off the guy's back, and one was a fumble. Is that your butt fumble? Nothing's quite the butt fumble, but it's probably the Giants' version of one. So, um. Sorry. No, the Giants were not very uh, – the Giants' defense was good, plus they scored a touchdown on the play where Josh Gordon hurt himself. Um, the They didn't have Saquon Barkley. They didn't have Evan Ingram. They didn't have uh, Sterling Shepard. Yep. So what is your expectation? New England so far this year – has played – just want to make sure I have this right. And I'll do it by team, but unless I'm mistaken, they played the Dolphins, the Jets, the Redskins, and the Giants. Does that sound mm-hmm. about right? And the Bills. Yeah, that's – and the Bills. 
So what exactly is that? Uh, it's not exactly a schedule that's gonna, that means anything. They're 6-0. and They've done what they need to do. But they are not... Okay, you've beaten Pittsburgh, who is what, 1-5, 1-4. Miami, who's 0-6. The Jets, who are 0-5. Miami is 0-5. The Jets, who are 0-4. The Buffalo, who's a pretty good team, but not much of an offense. The Redskins, who are 0-4. And the Giants, who are 2-3. You've beaten yep. no one. Then you play the Jets, and you play Cleveland. Now, the second half of the year, you play Baltimore, Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. Let, let's see if the points point spread continues. You still play the Bengals, you still play the Bills, and you still play the Dolphins the last three games of the year. I'm just saying, there are still some cupcakes at the end. I don't think this team goes 16-0. and They're not that good. But they are a pretty good team that lost another two tight ends last night, from what I understand. And Gronkowski is now joined, I believe it's Fox, and said he has not ruled out a comeback. Right, so. The thing about that, the thing about that team, Seth, having watched it against the Jets, having watched it against the Bills, is that it's not the offense this year, it's the defense. The defense has played tremendous. Yeah, but they have Their offense... I, I agree. I mean, they played no one. So, I mean, I have no idea how good the team is. Not a clue. Okay. The Giants, we'll go 5-11. All right. You're right. Um, None of the teams that they have played so far, except for the Bills, will be 500 by the end of the year. None of them. No. It would be a stretch for any of them to be 6-10. and 10. I agree. So I, I get that. And and I, I'd be lucky if the Jets were out of the top ten in the draft. So I get that entirely, 100%. And our fantasy team lucked out again. And this year, this week, we have an interesting week with Mason Rudolph. Have you seen – I mean, it looks like to me Pittsburgh is just – I don't know. I watch them and I keep rooting for them just because we have every single, it seems like we always have Steelers on our team. And we've never, well, since the days of Tommy Maddox, which is since, I guess, since Ben Roethlisberger has come in, we've never seen the, the Steelers have a bad year, like a legitimate bad year and be able to replenish their draft picks. This is the year, potentially, of that bad year, but they don't have a second or a third. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. They don't have a first, a third, or a fourth. All they have is their second. So you're not going to replenish it either, and you feel kind of bad for Mason Rudolph, who looked like he was just getting shellacked and then eventually got concussed by Earl Thomas. It can't just be that Ben Roethlisberger's out, can it? I mean, there's, they've taken a lot of hits talent-wise in the, last, in the last couple of years. If you had asked me three years ago who their top three talents were, 
none of those three are playing on the Steelers this year. Their offense just seems to have taken a step back. You still there? Yeah, I am. I got to hold. Sorry, I got to put you on hold for a second. I got to take a call. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, these are the problems when you have shows in the middle of the day when both of us are really working hard this week. Um, when you have days off due to the Jewish holidays and so on and so forth. So I'm going to get into a little bit of our NHL preview. Sorry about that. As I, oh, okay, so that's back. We were, I was going to move on to the NHL because I know that we have yet to talk about that. Next week, the NHL just started. Next week, we have uh, the NBA. So we have that too. So there are no, lots dude, of things going I, I'm not, Sean, I told you, I'm not on, I can't do next Tuesday. Oh, that's right. You can't do Well, I guess I'm doing an NBA preview by myself. Why don't you wait a week? I could try doing that, but then I got to figure yeah, out what to do. big of you. But, yeah, thanks. All right, we'll probably delay that a week. I'll do something else next week. Um, well, we have a college basketball preview coming up, too. We can't. When does college basketball start, what, in three weeks? No. The beginning of November? Midnight, they haven't even done Midnight Madness yet, for the most part. Oh, okay. All right, so we're looking we're looking into the NHL, and if you look at the if you look at the top of the NHL standings, which I like to do every once in a while, especially at the beginning of the season, to see who's at the top and who's at the bottom. The Sabers are three zero and one. Carolina is four zero and zero. The Blues, who are the reigning Stanley Cup champions, four three zero and one. And the Oilers are four zero and zero. I don't think you're going to see Edmonton at the top. You might see St. Louis at the top. You might see Carolina at the top, but I don't think you're going to see Buffalo at the top. So the Eastern Conference, you have to, again, in the NHL, it's two divisions, but it's really weird the way that the playoffs go. If you're in the top two teams, it's top two in a wild card, I believe. I always mess this up with them. Because it's it's really strange for the NHL. So hold on a second. So let's figure out how this it's works. It's the top three in each division. It's top three and in a, top three and then a wild card. You're right. Top three and then two wild cards, which could be either division. So if we're looking at the NHL right now, there are to me there are several elite teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, and then there are mediocre teams, and then there are really trashy teams. And the mediocre teams definitely outweigh the elites and the trashy. There's a lot in the middle ground for, for the Eastern Conference. The The Rangers have made great strides. The Devils have made great strides. Pe- the Penguins have come down due to numerous injuries, including Malkin this year, who will be out for at least a month. They've hit – they've Pittsburgh is not a good place for sports right now. <laughs> if you're in, you have one manager that's been one team that doesn't have a manager, one team doesn't have their top like four players in in the Steelers, and one team doesn't have three out of their best four players in the Penguins. Definitely not a great place to be. But if you're looking at the top three or four teams in the Met in the Eastern, you're looking at Tampa Bay, Toronto, Carolina, and Washington. 
and the Bruins probably number five. I was going to say, I'd probably have Boston above Carolina, but that's about right. No real argument there. Yeah, Carolina is is an interesting playing, uh, interesting team, especially with the acquisitions that they have made and the trades that they've made this year. Their defense, unlike most of these teams, most NHL teams build their offense first and then say, okay, we will we have one or two guys on the defensive side in, on the blue line, and Carolina has done that absolutely backwards. They're the only team I I remember doing this in a very long time, where their top six are insane. I mean, their top six defense of Jake Gardner, Dougie Hamilton, excuse me, I can't, Jake Bean, Hayden Fleury, Roland McCune, and Brett Pence, and Jacob Slavin, excuse me, I forgot Slavin. Their top six could all play on somebody else's top four, 100%. It's their offense that struggles and their goaltending that struggles. And whether Peter Merzak comes back and does what he did last year or they need James Reimer to come through, it'll be an, it's an interesting team in that they have totally, completely flipped the switch. Does this mean Arteris Urbay is not walking through that door? Wow. That is a name from the past while I'm eating a carrot. Yeah, Art, Artis Urbe is not playing for either San Jose or for Carolina this year. No. In fact, I think Artis Urbe may have turned 50. <laughs> I think we're just really, well, really I, old. I would, I would say Mike Leute, but that's from, wow. that's from the Hartford Whalers days. So, Mike Leute, a whaler, a blue... A capital? I think I was at. Where was Blues and Capitals? It's easier for me to remember guys in the 80s. And not just because I grew up, but because I was at the Coliseum watching these guys and in the 90s and seeing where they played. And it seemed like there was a lot less, even though Mike Liu played on three teams, there was a lot less movement. And I think that's the same for all sports. But... What do you think of your Devils this year? They have made quite a number of trans of of, of acquisitions. PK Subban, Jack Hughes, the number one pick in the draft, Wayne Simmons. I'm not sure if you've been following your Devils, but they are definitely on the way up. Well, the question with them is always, it, it, well, not as always. The question for them, as it has been for the last couple of years, is the goalie. Um, can Corey Schneider come back to the level that he was when he came over? Um, yeah, they're a team, as you said, Hughes was the first pick this year. Nico uh, Hassier was the, was the first pick last year. Paul won the MVP last year. They have to figure out how to get him to resign, which I don't think is going to be a particularly easy process. Um, if, he, if, they can be, if they can do well enough by him to get him to resign long-term, that's a team with some firepower and a team, you know, a year, a couple of year, a couple of years down the road, but with some, with, as you said, with some upswing. I mean, because really since the Brodeur Stevens Stevens era ended, they've really been wallowing in mediocrity for the last five to seven years, to say the least. They have, and and it looks like when 
look, New York sports is great when there are rivalries intact. And the Islanders played great last year, but the Rangers and the Devils did not. And that has all three teams have not been relatively good in, in some period of time. The Rangers, for the take away the last two years, but before that, were Stanley Cup perennial champions. Uh, they didn't win it, but they were in the finals a couple of times. But the Devils and the Islanders stunk. And then before that, the Devils were good, but the Rangers stunk. And this may be the first year. They're not all – none of them are great, but they are good. And all these teams potentially have a chance at the playoffs. And the Rangers, if you haven't seen th- their right wing, it, his name is Capo Caco. Yes, I love the name, Capo Caco. The number right. two pick in the was draft. He the number two, was he the number two yeah, pick he's overall? The no, number two pick behind Jack Hughes. Uh, he reminds many people of Timo Solani. Uh, 6'3", 199 pounds, 20, uh, he's uh, number 24, he's 18 years old. From Finland, going to be Nick, uh, look, Solani was the finish slash. We'll see what this guy comes out, but the Rangers are a great team. The Rangers are a really good team. And, again, it's all based on the goaltending. They have King Hun- Hun- Hendrik Lundqvist, but Lundqvist is 38 years old. So is he able to continue to take the pounding on a daily basis? And then you have the Islanders, and the Islanders basically brought back the exact same team that they had last year, except they subbed out Robin Leonard for Sergei. I can never remember this. I can never print Valvanov. A decent goalie, but not a great goalie. And maybe a step down, and they paid a fortune for him, which I don't quite understand, nor do most Islander fans. But – that's the that's the metro area hockey, if, if so to speak. And look, I'm I'm real excited for hockey to be back. Um, once again, my brother and I have something to talk about. Once again, Seth uh, does not have anything to talk about when it comes to hockey until the Devils do well, or in the playoffs, or after October 15th. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that we're able to catch a game this year in one of my many trips up here, but. Have you, gone the, to a have you gone to a Thrasher's game? Oh, no, I guess you wouldn't have. So you're going to go to some the Thrasher's, thrashers games? Do, They're gone. They're the Thrasher's that don't exist? I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, the Thrasher's that don't exist. I forgot. No, I plan on making a trip to Carolina. Um, Presidents Day, the Islanders play the Hurricanes. And uh, maybe go, head up to Nashville when the Islanders play the Predators, which I think it'll be an awesome. Nashville's only four hours away, so I think that would be a pretty cool trip. I've been to Nashville in about 20 years, so that'll be really interesting, but um, definitely looking to take in a Predators game or two. I think you need to take Jake to Newark. I think Jake would love a hockey game. He probably would. But <laughs> that's all I get. <laughs> he probably would, but it's he has not been the easiest recently, so hence that tired, beat up look I have right now. Um but uh at some point I think it would be fun to take him. You'll get there. Right. And then we'll you got we'll probably go to a Maryland game this year. We'll probably go to a Nets game this year. This is the beginning. 
You're going to drive down to Maryland for a game? No, they play actually at at the pack against Seton Hall. Oh, I was like, wait a second. You're not going down there. You're not taking that trip. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I am not. So. That's cool. I didn't know they were playing Seton Hall. That's great. The Rack's a great place to watch basketball. I really enjoy watching it there. But, and now you move on to the Western Conference where you have the the Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Colorado is going to make a big push this year. I really like their team. Nashville's always around. And then you have the Vegas Golden Knights, who you're not exactly sure what they're bringing to the table, whether they are fluked the last two years in acquiring all those middle-aged guys, middle-aged hockey-style guys, like 26, 27, whether they're getting up in age, or they just acquired Mark Stone last year, and whether that's going to push them to the top. The West is just open. There are a couple of really bad teams when you get to Vancouver or even Minnesota, who is just struggling with those two. Seth, do do you know that the Zacharisi contract goes for another six years? Oh, doesn't he want to be traded though at this point? Yeah. That yeah. Well, I'd want to. Be, I'd want to be traded too if I had six more years in Minnesota. Well, as a Devil fan, do you really think I have that much pity for Zach Priest? No, you have none. You have none. But but really, I. It, when he signed the contract. You said, oh, it's a 13-year contract. But now it's, a, it's, not, it's just over halfway done. It feels that like seems like forever from... ago. Seems like forever ago, and it's just over halfway. Him and Suter have another, I think it's six more years on those contracts at a cap hit of like $7 million. Oh, yeah, they are – Minnesota is like capped out for like the next 10 years if they keep both Parisi and Suter. But the only way that you're going to be able to trade a Parisi or a Suter is if you keep some of that money. You keep some of that cap hit because he's not worth six, seven million dollars. He's just not. Not anymore. So how do you see but, how do you see yeah. how do you see how do you see the league playing out? I'm an inter I'm interested this year in that, like I said before, there are A couple of elite teams, like you have Tampa Bay and you have Toronto, and Toronto has elite talent. They may not be an elite team, but they have elite talent. But each of these teams outside of Tampa Bay has a major flaw. I don't think Tampa Bay has a flaw at all. I think they just got – maybe they're just not not tough enough, but as far as the skill and what they have – as far as their players, they have a total complete team. There should be no reason they don't win a cup. But every other team has a flaw. Like, let's go – you're going through the West Western Conference. Minnesota's just old. Chicago, outside of, of Duncan Keith, has a flaw on their defense. They have nobody on the blue line. The Sharks, well, the Sharks got rid of their top scorer in Joe Plavelski last this year. And they're transitioning from the Joe Thornton, and they just re-signed Patrick Marlowe, so they are very age-heavy. The Kings are awful. The Coyotes are too young. Vancouver is awful. 
Dallas is trying to mix people left and right with Jamie Ben, and oh, I'm missing the oh, there he is Taylor, Taylor Segan. The Golden Knights is it is it flurry time or is he 37 years old and it's time? Winnipeg has nobody on their back line. They traded away four players on their back line. Calgary offensively, we'll see. Anaheim with Kessler out, with Getzleff out, they're going to have a tough time. And Edmonton is two-man show. Then you have your top three of St. Louis, Colorado, and Nashville, who I think are Stanley Cup competitors, Stanley Cup competition. But it's the NHL. Everybody, I mean, everybody's got their stuff. Everybody can do it. You just got to put it through an entire year. And that's the one thing I heard about somebody that was talking about Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. If you're Tampa Bay right now, and last year you had such a dynamic year, a dynamic year, and then you went to the playoffs and you got crushed by Columbus. I mean, they were destroyed. Yes, they were. How, how much of an effort are you looking at in the regular season? You just want to play in April now. You don't want to play five months. You just want to rewind and get back to April, right? I mean, that's what I would want to do. I collapsed in April. Okay, let's play in April again. And that's the hard thing about the NHL. That's the hard thing about any of these sports is that the, when people say the regular season doesn't matter, this is where the regular season matters. So that's, my, so that's the Western Conference. And the Eastern Conference is Tampa Bay and everybody else. I think I think Toronto is a really good team. I do. I hate them the Dutch. I hope that they lose every game. I have finally found a team that's on a par with the Rangers. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was hard. Really? That much the, anger? The, yeah. I know that people say you shouldn't have that anger. Get over it. He had the right to go. He did. That doesn't mean – look, for the same reason you have animosity towards Zach Parisi, that first year – Oh, no, I don't, have, I don't have animosity. I just don't root for him. What, what's, the, what's the line from Batman Begins? I, uh, I don't have to hurt you, but I don't have to save you either. There you go. Wow, that was well played. I Every had no idea what – I had no idea where you were going with that. Congrats. Thank you. Excellent job. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. we got about 10 minutes left. I'm going to cut it a little early because Seth is not feeling well. I got a lot of work. Seth has a lot of work. But we did want to get this show in because we did make a promise to try and get in a show every week. And the unfortunate part was last week we just couldn't. So this week we're doing it. So, Seth, what are you looking – so coming up, we have the NBA, we have NHL starting, we have NFL, we have Major League Baseball. Again, this is basically like the opposite of, of March, right, where everything's right. going on at the same time, right? What are you looking yeah. – what are you watching? Are you, are you watching – the World Series? Are you watching baseball? Because I think you're a good litmus test. Because you don't have 
your NFL is definitely the king in your in your life. I get that as far as sports is concerned. But other than that, it seems to me you are – I could watch something different every day and not care. And I'm interested to see on your list of priorities right now, say that Maryland's not involved, say that it's not a Yankee game, and it's a Thursday night and you got the Nationals and, and the – the Cardinals, you got, I don't know, a top 25 NCAA football game. You have an NHL game, and the NBA, you got the NBA preseason. Which one are you turning on? None of them. I'll probably watch the NFL. Um, no, oh, I, probably... I was saying the NFL wasn't on. Sorry. Make it a Wednesday night, not a Thursday night. Okay. Um, I would probably jump. I'm not watching the NHL. I'm not watching the NBA preseason. If if there is a, I would probably watch baseball, but jump back and forth with other things. Um, okay. I again, but I, I can't unless it, I can't really unless it's a game seven or it's something you know it's something really. It's hard for me to watch a full baseball game. I don't have that. I just don't. I don't quite have that in me at this point. Um, but I would. I would go baseball. I would. I would go with. I'd, you'd always take a playoff game over anything else. The college football games on Thursday nights and Friday nights are typically pointless. So uh, I'm not unless it's a real look. If it's a top ten, top fifteen game, like on Saturday, I'll be working from home. Actually, no, I'll be working in my office till God knows what hour. But I will have on college football the entire time. So, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, it's also, you know, with the kid, it's a little bit more difficult. So right, fair enough. It's not yeah, quite the attention span is not there. Yeah, I, the, the time frame is not quite as easy as it used to be. Okay, well, so we'll go into our last five to ten minutes, because, but but a little bit of a different spin. So Daryl Morey made some comments about the Hong Kong protest last year, last week. And the NBA has been a shit show ever since China has cracked down. China has said, we're not going to do this. The NBA salary cap I heard last night may be affected to the tune of 10% of the cap. If China stops, and that's a lot, 10% of the cap is, a, a good amount. It's twenty, uh, twelve to fourteen million dollars uh, that you couldn't spend next year on free agency. Seth, I don't have a problem with what Maury did as an individual at all. I don't. I also would not have a problem if Houston decided to fire him because of it. I would have no problem with that either. You speak up. You you can have your own personal views. But the repercussions there, too, are yours as well. And I don't have a problem if if, if the Rockets said, you know what, Daryl Morey, you don't represent my team, and what you said hurts me financially, you're fired. You're done. I I don't have any problem. Freedom of speech, ladies and gentlemen, is is not an absolute right. And I know people are going to say, well, Daryl Morey had the right to speak what he did. You're absolutely right, right. he did. He also, has the, he also has the right to deal with the consequences of what he says. Bingo. 
And I don't think people understand that so much. I don't think people understand when you get into trouble for saying what you believe that others are saying, well, he has the right to do that. You're absolutely right. He does. Um, Seth, what are your views on this? Do you, first of all, do you think Maury, uh, look, Maury had his, his right to say it, but is the NBA doing the right, going down the right path here? I, I'm kind of, um, I kind of think they're dipping their toe in the water and not really going full force either way, trying to protect their business interests, which is, which again is their right to do. Well, that's the problem. You can't really go either way because you have, you can't go fully in either direction because either a, you're pushing off against freedom of speech or B you're pushing off against your biggest, you're pretty much the biggest foreign, you know, follower of the NBA. I mean, let's be, you know, LeBron James apparently sold more shoes in China than he did in the U S you know, you, you don't build billion dollar, you don't build build billion dollar billion dollar companies by alienating your biggest your biggest investor. So, was he wrong to say it? No, but he's a smart man. He knew that there could be consequences based upon it. And Adam Silver's trying to play the middle road, and you can't. And it, what my you know my assumption is eventually this will blow over. But it's a it was a dangerous it was a dangerous slide dangerous um my train of thought sorry it's a, da- it just, it's it's a dangerous, dangerous move yeah and this is the con- the consequence of it is you have a very you know based on the owner of Houston I would be genuinely surprised if he was fired for this. Doesn't strike me as uh, Fertitta's white. He's kind of a loud guy, also. So I think he would. I don't maybe appreciate's not the right word, but I think he would be. I think he would probably be okay with it. But Adam Silver is in an impossible situation on this one. Impossible. Yeah, I agree. This this is not Donald Sterling. This is not there is a right and there is a wrong the right for Donald Sterling was both getting him out and that was better for the NBA. This is, look, Adam Silver is one of the smartest men supposedly in sports. He he has certainly shown himself that way while he's been commissioner and he's caught between a rock and a hard place because I truly believe that he believes just like most Americans that you have the right to, that you want uh, freedoms and that you speak towards freedoms, but this is inhibiting his business. Okay, so we're going to wrap up right here. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com. Next week it will be just me or me and a guest, and I'll figure out what I'm going to talk about. Hopefully you'll be joining me and helping me out with that. Have a great week, everybody, and Shana Tava. Shana Tava.